1: Welcome to Beyond the Arc. Today, I'm bringing on Logan Murdoch from The Ringer to talk about the NBA Finals, the Conference Finals, and then we look ahead to the offseason for the Golden State Warriors. Logan, how are you doing today, man?
2: I'm doing good, man. Not as good as you. You have a really nice studio <laughs> set up. That's really nice. A lot of, a lot of Spotify <laughs> merchandise in the background, some books I probably need to read. It's, it's I'm, I'm doing good, but not as good as you, Superstar.
1: You got to move here, Logan. Come here with Raja. Record your show here in studio. Uh, be a good time. I, I want to see you down here. Hopefully we cross paths sometimes at the finals of the summer league. But today we're going to be talking about game five of the Celtics and Heat after Boston won 116 to 99 in game four to force a so game five. I mean, here we are. They get a shot, I suppose, you know, down 3-1, trying to become the first team in NBA history to have a 3-0 comeback. Logan, uh, you know, their chances are still against Boston here, but they do have a home game tonight for game five. Where do you kind of gauge Boston's uh, chances of making a comeback here against Miami? Is it real?
2: I think they have the talent to come back from down 3-0. They are the more talented team in the series, but – They're probably the most unpredictable team that we have left in the Eastern Conference, right? Like, they're the team that you never know what you're going to get on a a given night. Game four was a prime example of that. And I, 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 I don't have a great feel for the Celtics in that way, right? Because every couple of months they look like the best team in the league and other times it's like what is this team that I'm seeing right now and you've seen the what if what is this team that I'm seeing right now a lot during this postseason and it's tough to gauge and that makes me lean towards Miami to win this series still because they have been the most consistent team they have been the most together team um led by Jimmy Butler and 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 Bam Adebayo and all those guys so I think that's a long winded say to say that I'm picking Miami to go into Boston and, and and win this series and get some much needed time off before they got to go play, uh, play the Denver and Jokic.
1: I wouldn't be shocked if we get a game six, but at the same time with Boston, so much of it comes down to how are they shooting the ball? I know it's a simple thing to say, but they're now 37 and two in the season when they shoot 40% or better from three. Uh, can they do that? We'll see on game five, but also Jason Tatum. His game 4 was absolutely tremendous. Uh you know, in that first half and into the third quarter, you know, they used him in so many pick and rolls as smart as the screener. They had him in dribble handoffs and he just executed at such a high level. Like early fourth quarter, remember? Spo calls a timeout, pulls out the zone. Celtics offense without Tatum on the floor is looking confused. Tatum comes right back in and they just dissected it with him executing as well as he did. Then they call another timeout. They start doubling Tatum. He starts playing at a high level there, too. So I think, you know, if you get this 1A version of Jason Tatum and your team is shooting the ball well and Joe Mazul is calling timeouts at appropriate times <laughs> like he did in Game 4, then you get yourself a chance to extend the series again. It's got to be a one-game-at-a-time mindset for Boston, but it all does start with Tatum, I think.
2: Yeah, it starts with Tatum, but you, you, di- you failed to, to say one other name that has, needs to show up for Game 5, and that's Jalen Brown. Um, he, he, he didn't. He didn't scratch twenty points in Game Four. They're going to need more from him going into Game Five. They're going to win if they can get a Tatum and Brown game. The series is going back to Miami. There's no doubt about that. And I think throughout the season you've seen that with um, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, where one shows up and the other doesn't, right? And I think there's a prime example. And um, there's a game in Houston during during that season during this season where you know, Jalen shows up and. Then you give the ball to Tatum to go down, go down, down the stretch and it doesn't work out. But what you need to see from them is consistency when they can both have their games at the same time. If they can do that, then we're going back to Miami for game six. No doubt. about
1: for it. For sure. I mean, uh, you got Jalen Brown in the series against Miami, averaging 16.8 points, 12% from three, 44% from the free throw line, 14 total assists to 12 turnovers. You know, he's, you know, part of a, a Boston defense that in game four did step it up. You know, they were very handsy on drives to the rim by Miami. They were sharp on their closeouts more than they have the entire series. Got to give credit there with him. But offensively, do you think with him, he has said that his hand injury at this time is is not an issue? um after he had a hard fall last round but like the numbers are undeniable 12 percent from three 44 percent from the free throw line i i I don't know this seems like more than just a cold streak
2: yeah well every uh playoff player at this stage is going to say that they're all right whether they are or not but the the stats bear themselves out to so to show that jb is not who he is um on a day-to-day basis and when you do that uh, you have to find your game no matter what the circumstances are at this point. Everybody's injured. Everybody's hurt. Everybody um, is 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 banged up at this stage. But J.B. has to find his game if they're going to go to the next round. And there can't be any excuses at this point. And he knows that, which is why he says my hand isn't hurting and it's fine. But the stats and the play bear out another story.
1: For sure. And I mean, I appreciate him not making excuses. It was interesting after that game four. You know, one of the themes with the Celtics, you know, reporters asking about the players was they had a meeting. You know, after after Game 3, you know, and they feel like a team that right now they're trying to rally around each other. There's been reports in the past week, Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe said how Brown is biting his tongue. Woj said the Celtics have never recovered from the Ime Odoka loss. I said here on FanDuel TV, a source told me that the Celtics feel like a team that is, you know, right now, like they're done fake liking each other. So Boston is in a place now where, you know, brown is saying that a lot of that is you know not true that they're together um so we'll go to a clip right here to to hear from jalen
2: started to hear all these stories come out about x y and z who knows where they actually come from and 99 percent of them is not true at all so you know we wanted to stay together and i think that was the emphasis last night um before we played today was make sure we was on the same page Um, we didn't want to come out and, and and lay an egg we wanted to come out and play together Want to come out, trust each other, come out, play some defense, have some pride about yourself, and find a way to win a game.
1: Well, they did win the game, Logan. You know, they got that. You know, weeks ago, you felt this from Jalen, too. You he deflected your own report with a direct quote from him <laughs> about right. his future. And he even said that was taken out of context and that writers have an agenda. So, you know, I guess what do you expect, right? The team's going to try to rally anytime things are said about them, true or not.
2: Yeah, no, it's interesting because – you no, know, even when I went to Boston in January, there you could see it, uh, there was a bit of tension, right? And even, and it all starts with the beginning of the season when you have Ma Udoka, who is you know put on leave from the team, and you insert Joe Mazula, in. there was a lot of friction with that move, and not necessarily bad friction, just the, any friction that you get when you have a sudden move from a coach. That you really trusted, and this this roster really trusted M. A. Udoka, um, especially after that January twenty two um, about face, if you will, when M. A. Udoka called out the team that really galvanized this group, and then they go on and to go to the finals, and they're hoping this season they get to have an easier path to go to the finals. They have everybody um, in place with M. A. with Marcus Smart with uh, with Jalen and and, and J. T. They have all these guys that can bring them to a Another run and all of a sudden their coach um, gets dismissed and they were still trying to reconcile that through the first part of the season and you know this didn't make the story necessarily um, with the Jalen Brown piece that I did but there's a quote in there that we didn't use um, that he had about Joe Missoula which was you know I asked him you know what do you think about um, him getting the interim tag taken off at one point and he said something along the lines of we'll see that we'll get there when we get there which is a something that he's kind of always said throughout my piece and in other places of there was a wait and see approach with Joe Missoula um, from not just Jalen Brown but from everybody on that roster. Can Joe Missoula prove that he can coach this team to higher heights than MA Udoka and the jury is still out on that. We still have to see go through this series, but there has been that kind of tension with this team of can we get to this level with this other guy? Can he continue to prove? And on the Joe missoula end, it's interesting because he has had some great moments as a coach of the Boston Celtics. If he didn't, he wouldn't have gotten his interim tag taken off. But he's also had some bad moments. And you kind of forget that he is a young coach that is thrusted into the spotlight and having to figure this stuff out on the fly. And it's really hard to win in this NBA, in this league. And he's kind of taken his lumps. And the question is, is he going to have enough lumps and be able to overcome those and have enough time to overcome those lumps before the Boston Celtics say let's move on um, and that 's the question that 's going throughout this postseason if they lose throughout this off season Those are the questions not only from national media but from local media in Boston. Is he the guy to coach this team and that 's not only a question from the national and local media that's a question from that's been throughout this season uh, from inside that locker room and he has to prove and keep that locker room intact. And that's going to be a hard task when you're down 3-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics get through this.
1: For sure, Logan. I mean, I, I think with, with this Celtics team, like Missoula against the Sixers, game six, they they finally switched their defense. They had Robert Williams helping off P.J. Tucker at something. Celtics fans, Celtics writers, Celtics bloggers were asking for, you know, since game two. And, like, they did it. They end up winning the series coming back from down 3-2 against Doc Rivers, who's lost his job with Philadelphia in that Sixers team. And now down 3-0, no team has done that in NBA history. We'll see. I mean, they win game four. They didn't really make adjustments in that game. They stuck with what they had for the first three games. Now four games – We'll see in game five if they get something kind of up their sleeve, because, you know, Miami and Eric Spolster is always going to come back with something. I still pick, you know, Miami to win that series. But the more games Boston wins, if they can force a game six, if they do it with adjustments, with Missoula showing, you know, some type of uh, evolution as a coach with his decision making in games and between games, that buys him a chance to get another year with this team because it's also going to gain him the respect of that players in the locker room. If they lose in five at home, it's not just on Missoula. Like Jalen Brown's got to be better. It starts with him and Jason Tatum. But ultimately, though, I think you look ahead of the NBA Finals. Denver's there already. They sweep the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. They look like the most dominant team in the league right now. And Nikola Jokic looks like the best player in the world right now, taking, the, taking that title from Giannis. Would you pick Denver in the finals, regardless of their opponent, whether it's Boston or Miami?
2: I think I would. I think I would pick. Denver to win it if it's Miami. Now, if Boston runs the table and comes yeah. back and wins from this, then I'm picking Boston to win the series. I just think that they're a deeper team. I think they have better players. I think that they're I think that they're from a defensive standpoint, if they can just summon that energy and they can find their defense again, I think they can beat Jokic, bro. I think that they can beat uh the the Denver Nuggets just from I think they're just an overall better team um, when they're locked in. I think Boston, when they're locked in, they're the best team in the league. I think from top to bottom, they have those guys. Um, and so the problem has been with Boston is inconsistency, but when they're at their best, I don't think anyone can beat them. And so if Boston wins, I have Boston beating Denver. Now if Miami wins, I think there's another story because you, it's, it's a question of if they have enough in the tank to be able to do it. Does Jimmy have enough in the tank and does he have mind control over Denver the way he's had mind control over the entire Eastern conference? <laughs> that's a big question. I don't, I, I can't answer that, but I, I think if Miami goes in, I think the the Denver is the favorites and rightfully so.
1: I, I, don't, I don't think anybody can control you know Jokic's mind the way he just comp- just controls everything that's happening on the basketball court. He's just on another level right now. The one thing I disagree with you on is is the depth aspect. I think, I think that nuggets depth, even in a series against the Celtics, like look, if Boston comes back from down 3-0 and they're riding a four-game winning streak into the finals, like that type of momentum, it's 04 Red Sox esque, you know, coming back against the Yankees and then they sweep in the World Series. There will be series. a lot of
2: Boston propaganda. <laughs> if the Celtics come back a lot, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be well, the I'll... David Ortiz. Memes. If they go back from 3-0, they need David Ortiz right there, front court, right next to the to the Boston bench. Right, yeah. That would be, that'd be fantastic.
1: I mean, Bill Simmons, I was on his podcast on, on uh Tuesday night after game four, we're expecting to do like, you know, like, well, what's going to happen with the Celtics this offseason? season. They win the game, but in the, during that Miami Heat game, Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez were there sitting courtside, which feels like a bad omen for the heat. Having those yeah. guys after they blew, blew the lead, they just need a rod swatting at the glove. Something like that's going to happen on the Miami side uh, to give them some bad, bad fortune. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I understand the the. the uh, I mean, Boston, the Celtics won one game and they won it handily. But the, the the Miami Heat have had a they have had control of this series throughout. I think we're forgetting about that, and I I want to make sure that we don't have recency bias over this latest Celtics win because the Miami Heat every time that they have been faced with adversity this postseason, they have come back and they have won the next game. And speaking of mind control, Jimmy has had mind control over this entire this entire city of Boston and you kind of, it was interesting in game 2 where it was just the inevitability of Jimmy Butler and that the even when the, the the Celtics were up late in that game you just kind of knew that the heat were just going to make a run because they weren't scared and i think that we're forgetting that that aspect of this series Jimmy Butler is ready For Game Five, there's no doubt about that, and it's there. We're talking about how the Heat are have adversity going into this. Nah, the Celtics have to overcome a lot in Game Five to win it because the Heat aren't going to go down easy.
1: We'll be back uh, pretty soon after the break, Logan, talking about some other teams around the league.
2: This episode
0: is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Welcome back to Beyond the
1: Arc. I'm here with Logan Murdoch. We're going to talk about a team that won the finals last year, Fell short this year. You're around them more than any other team in the NBA this year, Logan, because you're based there. That's the Golden State Warriors. We have Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. They're free agents. Number one one question on my mind is probably the number one question on the mind of every Warriors fan is, are they bringing those guys back? Like, is that the number one priority? Does that seem to be locked in that's going to happen here for them?
2: I believe so. I mean, that's at least that's the messaging that they're putting out in the, in the last few months and last few weeks, right? Where Steve Kerr is like, "I don't see why we would break this tandem up." And then you see Draymond Green saying, "Well, I want to ride in ride in ride out with the guys that I rode in with. This is a team that has always went back to its organizational pillars. Whenever they're in a jam, whenever they feel uncertain, they always go back to those three guys to lead them to the promised land." The question now is uh, how they can't, can lead them at this stage of their careers. I mean, Clay Thompson was really bad in stretches during the postseason. Draymond Green uh, during stretches this season and beyond has not been good. Um, And they have been showing their age. Now they have shown some spurts where they can do good things, you know, or, Steph Curry, 50 ball to uh, in the Sacramento Kings series, they do have life, but they're going to have to round out with that supporting cast. They're going to have to figure those things out. Do they bring Jordan Poole back? Which I think that they will, but he has to play better in big moments. Does Kaminga take that next step? Those are the questions that they need to figure out. But at this moment, it seems like they're going to bring the team back as as full.
1: I mean, the question is going to be is who's actually going to be the one making those decisions. The Bob Myers situation has been a topic all year long. You know, he's doing his podcast. Will he stay with the Warriors? You know, what type of offer does he get? Does he want to take a year off? I've heard in recent weeks that Bob Myers spent only a day at the NBA Draft Combine in Chicago, that he has not been on the road for pro days happening in in Southern California, especially this past week, that it's been Mike Dunleavy, um, another executive in that Warriors front office there. So it seems like everything's pointing at Bob Myers not being back with the Warriors, considering he's just not there at a lot of these events that every other GM was. He wasn't even as part of the GM Summit meetings. Um, Have you heard anything there, Logan, in regards to Bob Myers' future with the Warriors?
2: There was optimism, at least from the big three, that Bob was going to be back as recently as a month ago that he was that they were at least going to be able to convince him to come back and pull at his heartstrings and figure it out for one year but it still remains to be seen i still think that he he has a lot to mull over with that um with that decision he lives in the bay area he's from the bay area he is he grew up a warriors fan it's it's bigger than just the job for him right but the question is if he does leave how quickly can mike dunley v gain the respect of those big three. He's not, a, he doesn't have the history with them um, of going, through, going back over a decade. Um, can he go in and tell, in the middle of a game and tell Draymond to chill out? Can he go when Steph... Is 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 frustrated? Can he calm Steph down? Can he get the, galvanize that locker room? Those are questions that are going to need to be answered relatively quickly with this group. Or this? How long does Steve Kerr stay if Bob Myers, one of his best friends in life, leaves? How how many more years does he have um, under this uh, coaching this roster and coaching in general? Those are a lot of questions that need to be answered, and that has nothing to do with what's going on on the floor. So the Warriors uh, have a lot of decisions that they need to make. Um, going up into the draft, and that starts with Bob Myers.
1: It's going to be interesting there, and I mean, I think for Golden State, you know, you mentioned you think Jordan Poole will end up staying with the Warriors. You know, I'm sure they'll at least consider you know a bunch of stuff that might present themselves as trade offers over the course of the the next couple of weeks and months. But I, I want to get your idea on something I put in my article on the Ringer earlier this week. After the Lakers lost, obviously everybody knows LeBron James. He said he's going to consider retirement. And people I talk to around the league say, like, this dude is not going to do that without a retirement tour, a farewell tour. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so, like, let's assume, you know, I put in my article, let's assume that LeBron is doing this for leverage. And he's doing it for leverage because he wants the Lakers to go all in, whether it's a trade for a Kyrie Irving or what, what do this or that, trade these future picks. He's done this before. It's part of his blueprint, right? Let's say the Lakers, like they did this season, Rob Palenka was unwilling to trade all of their future picks. He did the deals that they did to get the guys that they did, and it worked out. They make the West Finals. They get D'Lo. They get Rui. It worked. Let's say this year he says, no, we're not going to get Kyrie Irving. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep these picks. Does LeBron then look at other teams? And I put in my article, could LeBron then look at the Warriors – where he has a relationship with Draymond Green. Those guys are BFFs. Stephen Curry in the past, LeBron James' head, said on his show that the player he'd most like to play with is Stephen Curry. Could LeBron be lured from the Lakers to the Warriors and some, some type of deal that allows the Lakers to suddenly build young with like a pool, Kaminga, uh, you know, the, the deal driven by those guys, Moses Moody, and then the Warriors... They go all go all in with this basketball Nirvana, with the greatest <laughs> collaboration that we've seen ever, with LeBron James and Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green coming back. Am I crazy, Logan? Like, am I crazy? Just tell me straight up, please. Tell me, am I crazy?
2: KOC, you know I love you, right? You know Don't I adore do you, me. right? Don't do. I it. think you're crazy. Why? I do think you're crazy. Why? I think you're crazy. I don't think that that I don't think that that happened. I, I do not think that that happens just based on the sole uh, reason that Draymond Green is there, right? I th- I think that's a great thing to do on uh, 2K. But at this very moment, I think the Warriors <laughs> have a lot of things that they need to figure out, right? I think that they have um, they have to figure out their GM situation, who's going to trade for them, and I, I just think it's a far fetched idea. There be have to be so many different types of levers that need to be pulled for that to happen that I don't think that will be pulled. That 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 needs to happen, right? Like, I don't, I don't think that you get up off of. I don't. First of all, I don't think that these two teams trade in division. That just doesn't happen. That's not going to happen. I don't believe that. What if LeBron that, demands
1: it? What if LeBron says, you know what? I don't if, think if the Lakers I don't think aren't going to give it to me, I want to go there.
2: I don't think that. I don't think that LeBron is in a position where he's going to demand that. I think that he is going to. I think that that the the. It's interesting how him saying that he wants to. Um, As mulling retirement is 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 crescendoing, all these other things that might be happening. My thing, I think the the, what happened was he was tired after a long series against Jokic and saw that, man, maybe I don't have another chance to win this title again. I want to go out as a winner, and then we'll see where we go from there. there. was, But I don't think that the Warriors is a thing. Is a I think that's fairy dust. I don't think that that's going to happen, KOC. I do think that LeBron will come back next season <laughs> as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. And I do think that he'll think that he has a chance to win. Um, I don't know what the roster necessarily looks like, but I do want to credit Rob Palenka for what he's done. I think that that uh, – that midseason trade and holding off into trading for Kyrie paid dividends. I think that made him a deeper team. Um, I think the biggest key is the Lakers need Anthony Davis to be a consistent number one option, and that hasn't bared fruit uh, consistently. Never going to happen. I don't gonna think happen, it's going to happen. Logan, either. It's not gonna I don't happen. think that that's going to happen either. But the fact is, I think that LeBron stays in Los Angeles because it goes into everything that he would want. He wants the clout of being a number one guy in the biggest market and all of these things. I don't see LeBron taking a step back because that's clearly Steph's team. I don't think that he takes a, st- a step back and just wants to be a glorified role player. I don't see that happening. And that's what will happen in Golden State. If that were to happen, which I don't think is going to happen,
1: KLC. I don't look, I don't think it's going to happen either, but I think it's in all likelihood he's suiting up for the Lakers in training camp late September. That's what I think is most likely to happen. But if the Lakers don't go all in and give LeBron what he wants, because the other thing he said during that press conference was it's not fun to me to make a conference finals. I've done that a lot. He stressed the a lot. And, you know, like for him, he wants to win finals. And despite it, quote unquote, working, getting Jared Vanderbilt, he didn't play. He got benched. Mo Bamba, he was hurt. Like, you know, D'Lo wasn't effective. He was arguably not worth minutes. The reason why it worked is because of how it opened up opportunities for Austin Reeves to get a bigger role. For LeBron and AD figured it out. It like the moves worked. But it's not exactly the reason why they made the West Finals. AD was dominant on defense, but AD also proved that he can't be the second fiddle to LeBron James and sometimes the number one like he needs. He he was on on one game, off another. LeBron needs consistency at this stage of his career. So if you're Bron, like, I want Kyrie if you're LeBron James. That, that's the guy I'd want. He's somebody that can provide that despite the risks. But everything we've heard – you know, from multiple trusted reporters, you know, who are tied in with the Lakers is that the Lakers don't want to get Kyrie and we'll see what ends up happening there. He could end up just resigning for Dallas for a mega contract anyway. It's a lot to figure out in the months. Well, ahead, it's Logan. different
2: now. It's different this year. Trying to get Kyrie as opposed to last year, right? You had a lot more leverage if you're the Lakers and trade yes. for him last year. He has a player option, and if it doesn't work out, then you'll just cut bait and it'll be fine. This year, you got to pay him a multi-year contract, or you have to do a sign and trade of some sort. It's a different landscape than it was last year, which it's interesting because you know the Lakers are the only organization that LeBron has been with. That probably has more leverage just because of their who they are as an organization and the history and all these things. It's the only organization that LeBron can't a hundred percent, a hundred percent hold hostage and say, this is what I want. Now he's gotten what he's won in, in spurts with Russell Westbrook. And then you've seen how that's gone. And then the Lakers have enough clout as an organization to say like, nah, you're, you're, t- you're signed with us. I know you want to be a Los Angeles Laker, LeBron, chill out. We'll figure this out. Be- we'll figure this out and get these trades. And we won't trade away these picks. This is the only team that can really have that type of leverage to tell LeBron no in a way that I don't think that Cleveland and Miami had um, It's because Miami had prime LeBron. LeBron James. And he had the ultimate leverage. This is the older LeBron James with who is not as good as he was five, 10 years ago. And the Lakers have enough organizational clout to where they said, we'll figure this out together.
1: Last thing on this Logan, before I let you go, Can we at least agree that Draymond Green is definitely going to be on the phone with LeBron trying to recruit him? Can we agree with that?
2: (laughs) He's definitely going to be on the phone with LeBron James. I'm not sure what they're going to be talking about, but Draymond and and LeBron are definitely BFFs uh, to the point (laughs) where LeBron wanted, or excuse me, Draymond wanted to go to LeBron's (laughs) scoring title clincher game, which is so interesting to me. Um, but I, I don't I I I do think in my heart of hearts that LeBron will be a Los Angeles Laker and I do not see him being a Golden State Warrior ever in his career.
1: Well, I guess I'll just have to play around on 2K this offseason. Logan, thank you for joining me on Beyond the Arc.